If you're a climber, you're basically a superhero. I mean, you're walking up walls. Your fingers can hoist your body up on tiny edges. You're getting upside down. You're swinging through the sky. And what do superheroes need most of all? Capes? No. A cool car? No. An exceptionally long and drawn out storyline in which their likeness and brand is repurposed over and over again for the monetary gain of large corporations? Well, okay, also no. What they really need is a theme song. But your theme song has to fit you, right? It has to make sense. So to help you find your theme song and learn a little bit about the way you personally train for climbing, I made you a quiz. So if you're ready to find your theme song, head on over to the show notes and take the quiz right now. On today's episode, we are digging into plants. Well, not exactly plants, but the people who eat them. (laughs) If you're a plant-based athlete, this episode is for you. We're talking about what a plant-based diet actually entails for those of you who maybe are wondering if this is something that could work for you in the future. We're also talking about what the research says. Are there any advantages or disadvantages to a plant-based diet in athleticism? And we'll also round out the episode with who might struggle with a plant-based diet. This is part one, and you're listening to The Average Climber Podcast. closet in josh's house keeping my ronavirus <laughs> turns away from him how are you doing have you tested negative yet <clears throat> i haven't even bothered because all of the information that's like you're gonna test positive for 20 days is just making me feel a little bit um disgusted <laughs> yeah i i've Everyone, this is not a podcast for getting information about public health. Caitlin and I are just talking about it. Calm down. But <laughs> I've heard that you can, you, the rapid tests will change if you're mm. something. Google it yourselves. We're dealing <laughs> with it. We both are have lingering mucus, but we're feeling a lot better than we did on the last episode, which in fact, we both had, uh, we both were sick for the last episode. And I'd say for two people with half melted brains, we did okay. So, Caitlin, in other news, are you ready for a fun fact this morning? I'm so ready for a fun fact. I need some fun today. Excellent. This is, apologies, this is not a good fun fact for this week's episode. <laughs> it is definitely a non-vegan fun fact. But Ooh, ooh. all right. Let's hear okay. it. So, as you may or may not know, I, Lauren, am going to be getting married I'm having my wedding in September, and my other half, Michael, has some Czech blood in him, and he lovingly and jokingly refers to some of his family as gypsies. So I was like, what fun wedding traditions could we potentially leverage from the Romani culture? So I googled, and a very, very long time ago, they used to do this tradition where the bride and groom at the altar would uh, cut themselves, they would extract a little bit of blood. From their palms, they'd have a loaf of bread, and then they would, uh, you know, just take the bread and then dab the blood. No. And then 
and no. trade. What do you think they do next, Caitlin? What do you think they do next? Oh, I'm afraid you're going to tell me they Megan Fox machine gun Kelly it and drink each other's I don't even blood. know what that means. Can you explain that reference? They drink each other's blood. They do like <laughs> a ceremony. It's like they, they know it's only for ritualistic purposes. I was like, what ritual? What? That sounds like some Illuminati shit. Well, anyways, you're all right on the money, Caitlin. Oh, you, no. you, you, you dunk, you trade, you eat. It's like donuts, but with blood <sighs> and bread. So, mm. yep. Wow. That's so romantic. Love Indeed. it. I truly also, obviously, I, I don't know if people are still doing this today. This seems like it is a very, very, very old <laughs> tradition, but I thought it was fascinating. And I was like, wow, can I was trying to imagine what my extended family would do if we did that. It's very um vampiric. And also I think <laughs> That's my vampire noise. You can't see me, but I did make the hands too. I went, but they're also T-Rex hands, vampire hands, same hands. Very similar hands. Yeah, I yes. was like, Lauren, are you gonna do this at your wedding with gluten-free bread? <laughs> no, I don't want to involve <laughs> bread in my ceremony, but I think I think our producer Josh might be doing a reading though, which will be fun. Shout out Ooh. Josh. Josh is fist pumping. Yes, everyone in this, you know, this it's a family affair. That people will be there. We'll keep you posted on what happens. I might even make the average climber feed have some wedding pictures because I mean, I'm going to look at them, but I'm going to make you look at them, too. So in any case, that's a fun fact for today. Welcome, everyone, to the Average Climber podcast. I am Lauren Abernathy. I am a certified personal trainer, and I am a climbing coach. I run my own business, Good Spray Climbing, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Caitlin. Caitlin, tell them who you are. I'm Caitlin. I am a certified nutrition specialist who works with climbers and other athletes as well on their nutrition. So, you know, they feel good and stuff. (laughs) Good and stuff. Welcome to the podcast where we teach you to climb good, feel good, among other do stuff. Averagely. (laughs) Averagely. I don't think anyway. so. COVID has addled our brains, but it's fine. <laughs> I'm very excited. Addled, so. Yes. I just did a hair flip. Can't flip my hair because it's in a gross-ass bun. But my non-vegan fun fact that I shared this morning is relevant because today, Caitlin, do you want to tell them what we're talking about today? We are talking about plant-based fueling because I've had so many people recently ask me, about a vegan diet, you know, if they're already eating a plant-based diet or it's something they'd like to do, there's just a lot of confusion. So we're going to clear up some of that confusion today and and help you on your journey if that's something that feels good for you. Heck yeah, I'm so excited. There's so many athletes that, you know, for a variety of reasons elect to eat a plant-based diet and I think there's a ton of confusion around it and also as a coach who does not eat a plant-based diet for my own reasons um, sometimes I don't always know what to say or where to direct people <laughs> for more help usually I'm just like I don't know book a console with Caitlin I'm not a nutritionist <laughs> which is like my go-to for a lot of things but I'm glad we're doing this episode so that I can say that and then also send them this episode to go there's gonna be some tips in here so let's see Caitlin have you ever on your end, have you ever experimented with a plant-based diet? I guess. And when we say, actually, can we can we start here? What does plant-based mean 
generally speaking, because I think the definitions of yeah <laughs> that also get confusing because some people are like, I eat meat, but I eat plant-based. I just make sure that I eat vegetables. And some people are like, I'm a vegan, plant-based. And then other people are like, vegetarian. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, what is happening? So yeah, can we start there? <laughs> Definitely. I Well, plant-based, I feel like for me has, a it's kind of like an umbrella term for people who don't eat meat perhaps ever. So it's like you kind of have a, a couple of different categories here. And usually someone who eats plant-based is someone who, as I said, doesn't eat meat, but they could either fall into the category of either a vegetarian who may still eat eggs and dairy. And then you also have vegans who don't eat any of that. They don't eat eggs or dairy, and they tend to just simply eat plant-based, foods from plants. They might exclude things like honey as well, maybe even processed sugars, depending on how those are produced. Sometimes there's a concern with how it's processed through bone. So mm. there's there's a lot of nuance there. And I think every plant-based athlete is going to be different. But, but yeah, I feel like- It's like an umbrella term that it makes yeah. it faster than saying- Vegan, vegetarian. I sometimes eat eat fishitarian. Exactly. Yeah. Sweet. Exactly. Can I tell a quick story of how I roasted someone who claims to be a vegan? <laughs> I would love to hear that roast. I was in college, so I was obviously an asshole. But some <laughs> I was passing out free pizza, and someone, and it's also free pizza. I think I was volunteering for like college game day at Ohio State or something. But I was, you know, we had these gigantic stacks of pizza and the first like 20 boxes on top were pepperoni and then the bottom stacks were cheese and you know this is a lot of pizza so we're just like open the top box give out the pizza move on to the next box it's free pizza someone comes up to me they're like um I'm vegan so can you get me the cheese pizza out of the bottom and I was like <laughs> Bitch, you can't have cheese if you're vegan. Get out of here. And I was also like, there's probably eggs in the crust, too. You're just lying. Pick the pepperoni off your own damn pizza. And it also wasn't La Rosa's pizza, so the toppings were on top, and you could definitely pick them off. Anyways, I was like, you're the worst. Pick your own fucking pepperonis on this free pizza. And then they just walked away. And I was like, bye, you liar. <laughs> Anyways. Well, maybe they were like some ladies handing out free pizza and I don't want to offend her because I have people pleasing issues and yeah. I want well, to lie to her instead. <laughs> it, also, if you're a people pleaser like me, you just eat what people give you. And then if you actually hate it and it makes you want to puke, you just do that elsewhere. Like I used to do with my friend's dad who would make me egg burritos every mm. morning, which was really nice when I was in like fifth grade. And I didn't have the heart to tell him that I like really fucking hated them. And I like gagged every bite down, but I didn't want to be rude because Midwestern sensibilities. So, so sad. Well, I've already derailed this and we're only four minutes in. Excellent work, Lauren. Okay. And we're back. So can you tell us a little bit about, apart from me roasting people that I think are lying to me, can you tell tell us a little bit about like the different varieties of reasons that people might not choose to, might choose a plant-based diet? Yeah. Because um, I think it's pretty large. And also everyone stop being, I know I'm a jerk, but like, don't be jerks to people that eat differently than you. <laughs> Everyone's entitled to eating the way that they want to. It's their body, Jesus Christ. But anyways, do go on, Kaylin. <laughs> yeah, well, I think a 
a vegan or vegetarian umbrella term plant-based diet is something that people might choose for ethical reasons. Maybe it has something to do with how animals are treated. It might be for environmental because there's a lot of evidence that eating a plant-based diet is good for the environment because of, I mean, a number of things, either how that you know, like waste products from animals, how that's managed, how much water they they take, how much land also. It might also be a religion or an aspect of your religion to exclude animal-based products. Could be cultural, even in, in, you know, communities who, if they're not necessarily the same religion as those neighboring them who exclude meat, it might become cultural at that point. And it mm-hmm. might also be for health reasons too. And I know for me personally, when I, cause I was a vegan for a long time all through college and then part of high school as well. And I really liked choosing it for health and environmental reasons and ethical too. But I feel like a lot of people I've talked to have had differing reasons and sometimes it it might become all of the reasons or <laughs> people just they want to dabble in it because they hear so many positive things about the health benefit. I think that's why a lot of people have contacted me about it recently. Have you ever tried a, a vegan diet, Lauren? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh. As I was I asking also, you, I was um, like, no. no. <laughs> Personally, I've had so many just different ways you know medical professionals whether it be good or bad have restricted my diet and then also I've just found that personally I do really well with animal-based proteins and I also find that I just need a lot of protein and I think we're probably going to get into this but I just found that in addition to the other restrictions I had on my diet adding more was adding more restrictions was never appealing to me so yeah I have my own ways of navigating the ethical issues around it also y'all please don't like attack me to try to convert me it's not gonna fuck <laughs> if i get that email i will swiftly delete it and also i might block you from my instagram i don't know but i don't don't do that anyways i am an adult and i will make my own decisions about my food but i am excited for us to for, for caitlin to enlighten all of y'all plant-based people on some best practices for being a plant-based athlete so this is this is gonna be rad and i think where should we start, Caitlin? Should we start at what should let's, a plant-based diet include, perhaps? Yeah, yeah. Well, let's – I mean, I know I mentioned things to include, and I think it's also important to start this part of the discussion with talking about why people do it for health reasons, and then yeah. it's helpful to talk about you know, what that actually should entail in terms of the diet, what it should include. So there have been a lot of really interesting studies about – plant-based diets for health. And among those reasons would be heart health. There's benefits to blood pressure and cholesterol in that realm. There's also mm, weight loss. We won't get into that too much, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, blood sugar control, cancer prevention, overall general physical and mental health improvements as well. And Honestly, y'all, it's not necessarily the diet itself, but it's the inclusion of really important foods that benefit you in this way. So can we correlate it to the diet itself? Eh, I don't know. Maybe not necessarily, but I think it's really important to say that when you have a plant-based diet, you have lots of whole grains. You have fruits and vegetables. Maybe you have healthy oils and those good fats, you have 
legumes or beans, nuts and seeds, and maybe if you include dairy and eggs, you have this whole group of foods that are super healthful that I would say the average person doesn't really get a lot of. So in the standard American diet, we lack a lot of fruits and vegetables. We lack good fats. We lack whole grains and legumes. So when you're including these in an emphasized plant-based diet, of course, you're going to see health benefits here. That's such a good point to make. It's like perhaps based on the research that you've read. And also, frankly, y'all, I haven't totally dug into the research on this. I have to some degree, but also Caitlin is a lot more qualified. That's why she's here talking about it. But when you so when you've dug into the research, your impression of it is more that perhaps it's not necessarily the exclusion of meat, but just the dietary practices that start coming into play when you do eat a plant-based diet. I also imagine from my perspective that if you ate a vegan or plant-based diet, you kind of have to plan your meals ahead a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And maybe you can't grab convenience foods necessarily as easily. So you kind of have to cook more and maybe that just naturally starts to involve more, you know, fruits, vegetables, et cetera. Is that kind of a thing well, as well. Well, <laughs> I mean, you can be they call it a classic junk food vegan. I mean, you can eat vegan donuts, vegan pizza, vegan vegan ice cream, all anything vegan attached to it and that product is out there. So there are a lot of people. I mean, my one of my old college friends used to also be a vegan and they also ate a junk food, plant-based diet, and you can still find those foods, but it doesn't necessarily mean that diet as a whole is going to be healthful or health-promoting when it excludes the other nutrients too. So yeah, I, I would say it's not necessarily the exclusion of meat. It's more so what else you're emphasizing in the diet and the foods that that you kind of have to include if you want to hit your bases. Got it. That makes sense. Okay. I feel like there's kind of an elephant in the room with this, so I'm just going (laughs) to bring it up. Because, you know, a lot of fear-mongering type rhetoric around meat will say things like, meat's bad for you, meat causes cancer, like meat, all these things. I guess Mm -hmm. I have some of my own thoughts and things that I've read, of course, but like, what would you say to those people? Is meat inherently bad for us? No, meat is not inherently (laughs) bad. I think where it gets lost in translation is, well, first, the dose makes a poison. Not to say that it's poison, but it's the same thing applies. Like water in excess can be harmful for you, you know? So it gets a bit confusing there, but it's more so how you prepare meat. So if you're consistently cooking your meat at really high temperatures, you know, you're char broiling it, you're essentially like blackening it. Um, you're on a grill, the grill only person. Wow. Yeah. What a lifestyle to live where you can grill all year round. Really. I mean, I, mean, that I do. Is, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I will watch Mike at the grill in the wintertime, but I certainly do not grill outside. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a terror. But can you say more about that? So is the why would like cooking at high temperatures or having like that char on something contribute more to perhaps negative health? Yeah, it has to do meat? with the fats in meat. And so it's it's changing basically the structure of the fats in the meats and potentially the protein as well. And it's cre- like it's creating flavor. I mean, those are the things that we want, but it can create 
potentially, uh, I hate to say it, but cancer-causing chemicals. Well, I mean, it can increase the likelihood that you're going to be consuming that's consuming something that is known to be cancer-causing. It doesn't mean that you can't eat these foods and be healthy. It can be part of a healthful diet, but it also, you know, kind of like alternative to a plant-based diet, you shouldn't include only meats. You still need those whole grains, those fruits and vegetables, those beans, nuts, and seeds in order to balance out the effect. But I still believe that meats can be a, a really healthful part of your diet if you want to consume them. Okay. So two things that I'm going to extrapolate from that here. One, there's a nuance in, also I don't, I know this is the plant-based episode, so you guys are like, why the fuck are you talking about meat? Why? <laughs> but So basically like the nuance is, you know, there can be more healthful ways to prepare or consume meat. And there's, I would imagine, likely mm-hmm. like differently sourced meats that might be more health promoting yeah. than others. Wow, nuance, weird. Yeah. It's not black and white, meat's bad, not meat's good. Use <laughs> yeah, it's your like brains, people. <laughs> general rule of thumb, cook with moisture and low and slow temperatures and, and time frames as well. So the hotter you cook it, the longer you cook it, and without moisture, you're more likely to have some of those um, more toxic side effects happen. So yeah, it's it's not as black and white as I think people make it out to be. And the exclusion of meat doesn't dictate that you're the healthiest person in the world all of a sudden. Yeah, that's a really great point. And then I guess the <laughs> second thing, this should be a tangential episode we should probably do. Does the carnivore diet, I just want to ask, does the carnivore diet seem like a little extreme to you? Oh my God, yeah. Speaking? Well, you're okay. excluding everything but meat. I mean, that's the most... That's more extreme, in my opinion, than even keto. Like, how are you going to subsist only on meat? You're excluding so many micronutrients from all other foods. You literally cannot get all of the nutrients you need from meat alone. That's plain and simple. Oh, my gosh. Can I share the – okay, I'm just going to share it because it's so ridiculous. I was (laughs) on the plane. I was on a plane, and I take my headphones off to kind of rejoin society, and I hear three dudes – behind me talking about how they had all done the carnivore diet in preparation for their Spartan race. No. Like that weekend. And I'm texting Caitlin and I was like, dude, these fucking idiots just ate meat and like no carbs before a gigantic endurance event. Like what the fuck? (laughs) Oh no. Yeah. um, (laughs) Carbs really are truly wonderful. A wonderful creation. Yeah, I should I'm not so, exclude them. I know. And I also feel so bad like making fun of these people because obviously we have a podcast educating people so that people don't make these gigantic mistakes and get sold that the carnivore diet's yeah. gonna fix well, all of their endurance athlete problems. I don't know what they extrapolated to reach the conclusion that we should only eat meat and no carbs before a gigantic yeah. endurance event, but Anyways, I text well, Caitlin a lot when I hear silly things <laughs> happening. I'm just like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm hearing this right now. So, yeah, it's. I think it's important. I mean, I had one person at the crag once be like, yeah, well, you know, this is what our ancestors used to eat, and I was like, yeah, they died at age 14. That's not a good argument. Like, this <laughs> is just not good. So. Yeah. Bottom line, <laughs> any extreme I think can be unhealthful 
And it just depends, you know, finding the balance that works for you as a person. So let's let's maybe dive into the nitty gritty of it because, you know, we're not here to say like don't eat meat or do or eat do meat. Eat meat. It's really up to you and your personal preference. And my goal is to help people feel more aware of the things to keep in mind for a plant-based diet to just be the healthiest plant-based athlete if that's something they feel really passionate about. So I think it's important to talk about. Ooh, sweet. Do you want to dig if do you it seems like, you know, is there like a little bit of a highlight reel of like fun research or interesting yeah. things that you've noted in the research because I think Getting grounded in facts is always a wise way to operate. So let's start there. Yeah, why don't you tell us what you've found and observed? Well, just a couple of things I want to note here, too, is that if you, like, be really careful about cherry picking the research with a vegan or plant-based diet, because if you search what's good about a vegan diet, you will find that. If you search what's bad about a vegan diet, you will find that. So it's about sort of just finding the nuance in whatever you read because what I decided to do is try and find studies that were completed on – well, completed. Uh, they they use uh, plant-based athletes and specifically athletes because I wanted to emphasize that population since that's who we're talking to. And there really aren't any good studies out there that indicate that there are any athletic benefits to, or any athletic advantages, I should say, to eating a plant-based diet compared to one that includes animal-based products. This is It's good to be For grounded sure. in things. I, so it seems like to kind of summarize, there aren't any studies out there currently that definitively show that there is a major advantage to being plant-based over omnivorous when it comes to athletics. Like we do not have that data. Maybe it'll come up eventually. Maybe it won't. But at this point in time, we cannot definitively say that. In the population of athletes anyway, you're already at an advantage because you are consistently training and Mm -hmm. improving your aerobic and anaerobic capacities. So really to say and compare one over the other, it's like, well, I think – athletes in general are are going to be healthier than the average population. So it is really hard, I think, to correlate it to a specific diet unless they're comparing, you know, a junk food diet that excludes healthful food ingredients and then, you yeah. know, comparing and it to also, a vegan diet. It's hard. Pulling probably the parameters for deciding who is an athlete in research versus who is not is probably really sticky. Like if I had to determine that I would Mm -hmm. struggle with determining research parameters around that too. So that is interesting. Is there anyone who you would say should not eat a plant-based diet or anyone that's going to have an extra hard time with it? Yeah, I think there are a few different types of people who maybe won't benefit or maybe might struggle with it. And I think that goes to say that if you're someone who could potentially struggle, it just might not be the diet for you. And it doesn't mean that you can't include aspects of this diet, but I think it it's it's just, it goes without saying, choose your individual diet. But <laughs> a couple of people who maybe might not have a good time with a plant-based diet are certainly people who have food sensitivities to fibrous foods, or if you've heard of FODMAPs, particularly people with IBS, you might struggle with digesting some of those 
food ingredients. It doesn't mean that you can't consume this diet. It just might be something that you really have to work on and fine tune and figure out the right balance of these harder to digest foods on your specific digestive system. You may also, if you're someone who already struggles to eat enough calories, you might find it difficult to switch to a plant-based diet because now you're all of a sudden excluding foods that maybe do make the bulk of your calories up during the day. So it'd be quite hard, I think, to switch to a plant-based diet without some good education and awareness of what to consume and how to replace those foods that you're now eliminating. It might also be hard for picky eaters or people, these are not the same category, it's just people who maybe have a history of disordered eating too, because it could potentially be a trigger to eliminate food. So, you know, just be cautious and mindful as you approach it and make sure that you're including lots of different food types so you are getting enough. And also, finally, younger athletes. And this isn't to say that younger athletes can't be plant-based. I know plenty of younger athletes who are plant-based and they, they've grown up this way. But the one thing to be cautious about is nutritional deficiencies because that can slow growth and development and also impair their immune system. So it's not to say that you know these groups of people can't eat plant-based, but maybe it would be beneficial to get some guidance and additional support before trying this diet out. And as a final word, if it doesn't work for you, you're not a failure. Again, it just means it's not right for you. Got it. Okay. That totally makes sense. And when you say younger athletes, what ages are you referring to? I mean, it could be anywhere from, you know, adolescent young kids all the way through puberty because they're still growing and developing at those ages. So if they're not getting what they need, you know, they're, they're going to be at a disadvantage in terms of getting the micronutrients to support that mm-hmm. growth and development. Got it. Is there any, so it sounds like it's kind of like with all these things, it's very possible to have a diet that has everything you need with a vegan or plant-based diet. But Absolutely. are you saying that it's like, it might be hard, especially because kids, I don't know. I've noticed they're <laughs> like maybe pickier eaters anyway. So yeah. then also trying to get them, get Get kids everything they need within the constraints of maybe them not enjoying all of the foods is just going to be a little bit more difficult. Is that? It's a challenge. Kind of, yeah, it, it yeah. can be a challenge. You know, not all kids are the same, but it is something to be mindful of. If, if you know, you've chosen a plant-based diet for your family, that is just something to be aware of. Make sure your kids get what they need and, you know, you routinely check in on on what they actually need to. Sweet. That That totally makes sense. Cool. All right. Well, I think should we should we have ourselves a little break? Yeah, let's let's hop up, take a break, sip of water, and get to it. Well, Lauren, as a dirt nerd, past dirt nerd, I should say. It's my last mm. title. You would assume that I would be excellent at taking care of plants, wouldn't you? That's right. You have a literal degree in soil. So. So. Let's talk about (laughs) how well that actually translates into our skills at taking care of plant babies. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay, so I, I came up with a little bit for us today. And I think Caitlin's about to tell you about it, but I'll tell you. So. I want us to rank our skills at taking care of plants on a scale of 1 to 10, 
and then in 60 seconds or less explain explain why we have given ourselves that rating um <laughs> caitlin i am so excited for you to start because i ah uh, i yeah do you want to do you want to kick it off yeah let's let's, let's rip it all right well all right. on a scale of one to ten scale how good do you think you are at taking care of plants yeah scale of one to ten probably like a solid three all right do tell <laughs> <laughs> so i've in my experience had many gardens and plants indoor outdoor you name it and you know what they all say no you're not a good plant mom we're <laughs> leaving you forever in into the the, the deep dark soil that is where we go so in my household my husband is actually the plant keeper and people come in and they're like oh my god Kaylin you have such a green thumb and I go false that is not me I am not responsible I can take care of my cats pretty well and my dogs pretty well but that's that's where it ends maybe I just have too many babies in my house that I have to yeah, take care of yeah you have like a whole yeah actually real quick why don't you go ahead and tell everyone how many pets y'all got running around right now? It's a lot. Two cats, two dogs, two geckos. So like Noah's Ark. My Excellent. Literally, that is my that's my barnyard over here. We're oh we're dying God. in in the uh, the fur. I mean, we got honestly, we have like forty plants in the house. So really, that's, you're doing very well. It's full of life. Only get to benefit from a person who actually takes care of them. So I'm sad to say that my soil degree did not teach me actual skills at producing and keeping plants alive. Although gardens, I would say, are a bit different, but that is more so dependent on the soil and how much I remember to water them, so. Yeah, this is a remembering to water issue. Yes. Lauren, where are you at? I have actually heard about one of your plants in your basement and I think that you ha- you deserve more credit than we're you know maybe uh, credits I, you know what I'll give I was gonna give myself a two but now that you bring it up I will upgrade <laughs> myself to two and a half and perhaps we could round up to a three I love it like how plants look I think they look great I love it my other half Michael is he is really good at gardening and I think you know how in relationships you just kind of realize it's like a business almost like you realize what your specialties are you realize like what we outsource what we do what we do not I am not the plant person but I will say I have had two house plants and I don't even remember what kind of plant it is but whenever I go to Home Depot and I look for a plant I always look think I'm like an okay plant parent and that I'm self-aware because I look for things that don't require a lot of sunlight or watering. And if it mentions, it's okay if you forget that this exists for a while on the tag, then I'm like, this is the fucking plant for me. Like no bonsai tree guy over here. Definitely no orchids. I'm the only orchid in my house, but (laughs) I need a lot of care and I'm very particular. And I, but there's only room for one orchid in the house and I, I am the orchid. But I don't, so I guess I do well in that I'm self-aware and I try to pick the easiest plants possible that you like can't kill. Um, I always name my house plants Jeff. I'm on Jeff 2.0 now, except for I think we gave Jeff 2.0 to someone when we moved. I don't even remember. Josh, did I give it to you? 
Okay, I didn't get, I thought I thought about giving it to you. I gave it to someone, I don't even know. I'm very, I'm a neglectful plant parent. Mike is kind of the one that has remembered to water it. Cause he'll like go down in the basement after a while and be like, Lauren, when was the last time you watered it? And I'll be like, the last time you watered it, I think. <laughs> but it still lives. You need Jeff, Jeff 3.0. No, Jeff was definitely, it was good that Jeff was given up for adoption. Um, <laughs> don't get, yeah. So if anyone gives me a plant as a gift to, I just like put it in Michael's office. I'm like, no, this, you've given this plant its death sentence. It's not good. Yeah. So that's where we're at. I also have no excuse. I don't have any animals to take care of. I just like can't even remember to feed myself. So watering a plant is like far out of scope. I guess I could put like a phone reminder in. I don't know. If you have a green thumb and you can keep your house plants super alive, you're awesome. Yeah, good way to you. go. Way you're... to go winning at plant babying I really wish it was a skill that I I possessed more than I currently do maybe practice makes perfect is kind of the the ultimate moral of this story and I just outsource this to To my other half and I just can't be bothered so yeah that's where we're at yep and also I don't want any advice about this don't yeah. send me advice about taking care of plants. I'm not going to plant for a while. I'm going to yeah. move it around. I don't want your plant advice. I have read all the books and I know what to do, but do I do it? There's no, absolutely no. not. So Maybe someday, but not today is not the day. Maybe one day so. I'll be able to keep an aloe, or not an aloe plant, a succulent alive, which people lie and say is the easiest plant to keep alive. That's just not true. false so there you have it that's that there you have it we definitely explained that for more than a minute each but we made up the game show so we get to do whatever we want well should we should we get back to talking about plant-based athleticism i think we probably should at this probably should all right (laughs) back to it Caitlin and we are back and I I already have I already know where I would want to start so (laughs) let's let's get into it could you tell us a few things to watch out for or things that plant-based athletes might be deficient in and maybe just give some tips on that yeah yeah I think with Plant-based athletes, just because you're excluding certain foods that are quite high in certain nutrients, I think it's it's easy to overlook, but also easy to include back in. So the few things that you want to watch out for uh, if you are a plant-based athlete is going to be iron, omega-3 fatty acids, and vitamin D and vitamin B12 as well. And particular to athletes, these nutrients are especially helpful. So we do want to make sure that our diet, if we are plant-based, is going to include them because iron is really important for transporting oxygen throughout our body. And without it, we're we're tired and fatigued and weak. And as an athlete, I'm sure as hell, you don't want that. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah. And, And what's really interesting about plant-based iron is it's called non-heme iron versus heme iron you get from meat. You know, there you go. Yeah. And the way that you can increase your, well, so that's to say with non-heme iron, it's less absorptive than heme Mm -hmm. iron. So, but that doesn't mean you can't have 
you know, good iron absorption. It just means that you should include foods that are high in iron. So things like dark leafy greens, whole grains, fortified products, beans. You want to make sure you eat those foods with things like vitamin C, vitamin A, and protein to increase absorption. Or you might cook with a cast iron skillet. That's also a really good way. And I mean, I cook a lot of stuff in cast iron. Everyone (laughs) should have a good cast iron. And also don't wash your (laughs) cast irons with soap when you're seasoning it. Don't be in, become an adult and learn how to clean your cast iron and season it. And my other half will love me for saying that because I personally had to learn how to deal with the cast iron. But I yep. love that. But also, yeah. seriously, grow the fuck up and learn how to clean the cast <laughs> iron properly. My God. Stop. Yeah. Just, don't go to an Airbnb and soap up someone's perfectly seasoned oh, cast no. iron. That's violence. like my worst nightmare because seasoning a cast iron as a side tangent it it (laughs) takes years off my life it's an art (laughs) form it's something that I have to do more often than I like and it's a matter of like a little water but then you got to put like enough oil in it when you're heating it back up after you clean it like you got to get it right so don't unseason someone's cast iron and learn how to season a cast iron yes it's very important as an adult to have your cast iron skills if yeah, you don't already, and then, it's a good one because, to have. And then eventually it becomes kind of nonstick, and then you don't have to just keep going through nonstick pans where you got to get rid of pans because the Teflon shit or whatever is coming off. Anyways, that's a tangent. Yeah, that's, Very passionate that's about cast iron. <laughs> and right. you can bake with it and pan fry with it. So basically, and it looks cool and it's a weapon. There you go. Perfect. If you get broken into, you can fuck someone up with one of those. So, yeah, you really multi purpose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, All right. great. Great resource to bring to camp with you. Um, we digress, but... We digress, always. <laughs> Average Timer Podcast. We digress. <laughs> Anyways, all right. New What's motto. the next, What's the so, next uh, nutrient? We should the next one, this. omega-3 fatty acids. These are super important because they make up your cell membranes. They're also important because they have roles in blood clotting, hormone production, inflammation responses in the body, which are good and bad. And uh, contraction and relaxation of arteries. There's also a mental health component. So you want your omegas. Super important. And the best plant-based source is actually going to be walnuts. And uh, you can also do things like olive oil. You can do avocados and also grass-fed dairy because that tends to be higher in omega-3 fatty acids too, which is kind of a fun fact. We want those. They're good, good for us. Yes. Those sound important. Could you take <laughs> okay? Yeah, that all seems. I think cell membranes seem important. Seems relatively important. Seems you know, keep relevant. your cell guts in where keep, it belongs. Got to keep the cell guts in. Okay, <laughs> quick, quick cue on those. So let's say I'm I'm plant. I'm switching to plant based. I'm psyched, and then I go to the grocery store and I try to buy those. I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to be deficient in omega-3. I'll buy some of these omega-3 pills. Are those going to be vegan or no? Usually not. Well, I won't say that doesn't exist because they definitely have created vegan omega tablets, but most of them are going to be from something like cod liver oil or some type of fish base uh, just because fish is a really excellent source of omega-3s. So if you are looking to get omega-3s in your diet, I would probably choose food first. I think that's probably the most efficient mm-hmm. way, the cheapest way, and the most you know reliable 
quick, easy way. So you don't have to get these, you know, horse pills full of omega threes. Uh, they're so big. I tried to take them before and I was like, these are really large and they don't yeah. smell too good. Yeah. So. They're not the vibe. Uh, yeah. Omega three birds. The vibe. Why do they have to be no. that big? Like make them smaller. Who eats these? Yeah. Like, I'm like, seriously, I'd rather take three of them than yeah. one giant horse pill. So they're, yeah, like make it less even. Try to make it less fun for me to take this. Like, like it's it mess so- horse less horsey. <laughs> yes, less like whose esophagus fits this? It's crazy. <laughs> Anyways, all right. What other nutrients do we want to look out for? We also want to look out for vitamin D because, as we all probably know, we really need it for bone health, but we also need it for immunity support and also inflammation responses. It kind of goes hand in hand with immunity too. And you can get vitamin D, of course, from sitting outside for 10 to 20 minutes a day with your your limbs exposed, but also from fortified products, things like milk and juice. Lots of uh, plant-based milks also are fortified with it and dairy products as well. You can also get it in mushrooms, I believe. So there are still a few sources. Again, sitting outside is going to be fairly reliable. If you're like me and you are a desert rat, you walk outside with full arms and sleeves covered with your bucket hat and lots of sunscreen. So essentially like those, <laughs> those little tiny people in the robes in Star Wars. What are those called? <laughs> You're more into Star Wars. Uh, Ewoks. <laughs> yes. Like, oh uh, yes. Like Ewoks. Yeah. That's me. Oh, wait, no, sun. those sand people. Um, Oh anyway, gosh. all right, we're about to start a war with robes. all the real Star Wars nerds here. I'm a there are lots of people nerd. in robes in Star Wars, Lauren. You gotta there specify. Are a lot of, that's true. <laughs> um, but probably the the Sand People. Um, that that name's yes. I think me I'm right thinking now. of the Sand People. This is embarrassing. Okay. I need to rewatch this. Reeling it in. Reeling it anyway, in. Anyway, what, <laughs> what other what other nutrients do we need to look out for? Finally, B12. Vitamin B12 is super important for red blood cell formation. We need it for DNA synthesis and also its role in brain and nerve function as well. And you can get B12 from a few sources, things like mushrooms, algae, or some types of seaweed. Red Bull? Red Bull? Don't they put B12 in Red Bull? Am I not right? This is an energy thing, right? They probably I'm do. I'm going to look it up. Is it plant-based? I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm look not saying sports. drink Red Bull, but I am um, going to Google it. Actually, Josh is Googling it. Josh, give excellent. us a thumbs up or thumbs down if Red Bull has B12 <laughs> in it. Okay. Anyways. Anyways. He's, he's also, looking it up. Fortified products. Oh, yeah. Josh says they definitely do that. I mean, they might add it, sure, but <laughs> I wouldn't rely I'm on Red Bull. I'm such a heel. I'm so sorry. From your, yeah, relying on Red Bull for your B12, not... No. <laughs> Wait, where would I get algae? Uh, you do might I do eat sp- algae. Maybe I mean spirulina, chlorella. Oh. Um, there are a lot of products that have that in it now. So maybe these sound I mean, like IUD names. Oh my god, they really do. Like Kybella, <laughs> yeah, Morena. <laughs> right. Oh. <laughs> Those sound like. Is it algae or is it an IUD? We don't know. They're not um. the same. Don't try either <laughs> in replacement of the other. <laughs> Uh, I have to clarify that this podcast, but here we are. Okay. In any way, you can also do fortified foods. So I guess in essence, 
Red Bull would be fortified. Uh, bleh, gross. Um, uh, but then also things like nutritional yeast too. But what's really important to know about B12 is that this is one of the nutrients that I really, I mean, it's not important to know that I struggled with it, but in general, <laughs> when you eat a plant-based diet, B12 is one of the things that I hear and see the most on labs is quite low in my athletes. And it is something to be really mindful of because of how important it is in, you know, your DNA, you need that stuff. So <laughs> that doesn't seem important. I don't see any problems. <laughs> I, it's okay if my double helixes, helices, yeah, single helix, just fine. dissociate from each other and I fall apart. So, yeah, um, that's cool. That's fun. Really metal to watch. Okay, speaking of labs, can you tell us what people should test? And also, okay, really dumb question, but is this are these like normal labs that you could go to your like yearly physical and be like, hey, can you run these? Like, are they already going to do that, or is it going to have to be like a special request situation? Yeah. I don't think it's dumb at all. I think labs are largely mystified by the medical community and I just makes me really angry because you get these lab results back or even asking for labs can sometimes feel like a challenge. And You're like, I why feel- do you need that? And I'm like, doesn't it cost $2? Just fucking run it, Joe. Yeah, it's like, like can I just understand about my health? Thank you. Without like, I want to know what's in my blood. Is- yeah, like fucking run the shit. You're charging me a billion dollars a minute here, yeah. so I don't know. Yeah. Okay, yeah. You deserve to know your health, and if someone tells you, no, we can't run that for you, that's bullshit, that's stupid. If they need a reason for liability, tell them that you want to understand your health and it's important, and if that's not enough, I don't – that's not – they should allow you, basically. Yeah, I mean, it seems pretty reasonable to be like, I eat a plant-based diet. I want to understand where I'm at on these things. And also, I know it maybe sounds crazy. You're like, I have a sick doctor. He wouldn't do that to me. But I've dealt with some real schmucks. So, Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. I've heard some horror stories recently. So anyway, if you can – Yeah, there is – I mean, a lot of people aren't trained in understanding, like, why people might want nutrition like nutritionists for example asking for certain labs like I think a lot of people in specific testing facilities if your doctor doesn't request it they're very apprehensive to let you understand more about your nutrition anyway digressing more that is new motto side rant yep but important side rant so okay what should we Um, ask when you're going to your doctor and you're like gonna get some extra stuff or there's extra things you want to understand what would you have them test for i would have them test for so there's two main tests called a cbc or a complete blood count and then a cmp which is a comprehensive metabolic panel and sometimes they do include the things that you need which we want iron b12 and vitamin d we want all of these to be tested. Sometimes iron's broken down more into ferritin, MCV, or mean corpuscular volume, things like that. So that'll tell you a lot about your iron levels more so than just straight up iron. But with B12 and vitamin D, I've sometimes seen those not included on these routine mm-hmm. labs. So you do want to make sure that you emphasize, hey, I actually, I'm a plant-based athlete. I want to understand B12 and vitamin D and usually they'll they'll add that on if it's not already included. And a lot of doctors I would say are 
really inclined to include those. Even if you just say I'm a plant-based athlete or plant-based person, they'll include those. Sweet. Okay. Are there any signs that it's time to go in for lab work? Yup, you betcha. You so betcha. <laughs> if you are feeling more fatigued than normal, some weakness, you know, you're not recovering well, certainly if you have tingling in your hands and feet, brain fog, uh, this I would say is kind of like, well, you definitely should go in and get testing because this is a, a really a lot of these symptoms are signs that you've been deficient for quite some time. Remember, a lot of these signs can be overlapping with other normal ass things. But if you do have things like tingling in your hands and feet and overall more fatigue and weakness than normal, I would say those are pretty good indicators that you should go in for testing and you might need some supplementation with certain nutrients. Got it. Okay, cool. That's super helpful. Thank you. I think sometimes the like, oh, I need labs on all this stuff and you think it's going to be like so it's many daunting. things, but yeah. it's but it's like, if you're a vegan, like try starting with these three things and that's going to be helpful. So that's really cool that it doesn't have to be like yeah. this And well, the other thing is thing. <laughs> too, you should go in at least once a year to test these things because I think, you know, if you're vegan for a few years, a lot of people do really well with it. But for me personally, I was consistently low every six months. I went in every six months because my B12 was consistently low the years prior and it just got lower and lower Mm. and lower. And eventually my doctor was like, yo, you need to, you need to think about your diet because clearly you're not absorbing plant-based B12 and it's, it's not the vibe for you. So yeah. Yeah. Anyway, long story. Negative 12. That's how that works, right? No. Okay. Wrong. Got it. (laughs) No, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's just you can have serious nerve damage from getting that nutrient too low and you definitely can get it, but you know, in my case it just really wasn't working for me, but monitoring it is what un- ultimately helped me understand like, hey, I need to maybe make some changes in my diet, maybe take a supplement or change, you know, include more foods. So, yeah. That makes sense. Well, I speaking of supplementing, should vegans supplement with creatine? I think Ooh. it's a comment. Everyone's excited about creatine. Who would yeah, be creatine, but are vegans especially the babe of the moment? <laughs> yeah, for real. Everyone's favorite supplement. So yeah, Definitely. can you go into that a little bit? Yeah. So I think the assumption here is that if you know, if you've ever dug into plant-based diets or creatine. I think the assumption is that vegans or vegetarians are lower in creatine, but there's a couple of things to note here. So creatine is an amino acid. It's not essential. And what this means is that while we do need it, we don't actually need to consume it directly from the food that we eat to produce it. So our bodies do produce it on its own and it is ideally going to be part of a healthful and balanced diet, and that should support you with sufficient amounts of creatine. But what's interesting here is that vegans and vegetarians tend to have lower levels of stored creatine in their Mm. skeletal muscles. So supplementation may actually create a larger increase in power initially when you start supplementing with it. You might all of a sudden be like, holy shit, I feel like a superhero. And that could be because you just have less stored in your muscles, generally just because 
you know, the protein, can't remember the exact dynamics of it, but you're still getting it and producing it from your foods. But for plant-based athletes, it tends to just be lower in your muscle stores, perhaps that, you know, you're creating less than you're producing potentially. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. So essentially, is there a reason that the effect goes away? Is it kind of like once you've increased the amount of stored creatine in your muscles and that effect kind of like levels out? Like, will you still see a benefit like normal athletes will, but it won't be like, but it's kind of just like at the beginning when you go from not that much to a lot, it will Mm -hmm. seem like a very, it might seem like a more drastic increase than once it's kind of leveled out. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Got it. Also, a plant-based athlete who does consume enough protein, you may not notice this, like, massive Mm. initial bump. But for some plant-based athletes, yeah, you'll see that change. That's kind of fun. All right. Yeah. Save the creatine until right before – no, just kidding. As (laughs) soon as possible, having more power is always better. Nice. I can't think of a situation where having more power would be better. None. None situations. I'm – if you think of one, let me know, anyone out there in the audience. But I'm having a hard time. More power – that's how <laughs> wait no now i'm thinking of this is like a song it's like a two change verse it's like more power more power on this polo on i got horsepower okay well that oh popped God. into my head and i needed to get it out okay well you're um, cooler than me because i thought about rocket power and <laughs> rocket power is awesome you're definitely cooler than me <laughs> this isn't a competition just you're reggie just vibes for life that's all reggie to be. for life okay Purple hair life um, anyway <laughs> uh, sick Okay, sweet. So I guess if you're a plant-based athlete, how would you get started or keep going or maybe give yourself a refresher, a dietary refresher if you've been doing this for a while and you want to maybe make some improvements? Real quick, I just saw Josh's message about no shoe bees on the Average Climber podcast. Oh my god. Uh, so oh in order god. to not be a shoe bee <laughs> with your plant-based eating. Don't uh, be a plant-based shoe bee. Do it right. Okay. Do it right. Because I think it's one of the things too, like initially it might be a challenge too to switch, but if it's super important to you to eat more plant-based and it's something you really want to give a try and and you know, see if it's going to work for you. I want you to feel supported in that. So a few things that I suggest kind of as a baseline recommendation, you'll definitely want a meal plan, get some ideas, uh, things to prep ahead. So maybe you search for recipes. Trust me, you search vegan recipes on Google and your Google is going to explode. It's going to slap you repeatedly because there's so much. Be more specific. Yeah, it's like, what kind of dinner? (laughs) (laughs) breakfast or dinner snacks what do you want you could ask friends especially if you have friends who are already plant-based or have been plant-based in the past maybe they have recipes they could share with you you can also find so many cookbooks I mean there are zillions out there at this point there's a stupid amount of info at your fingertips that you can absolutely just search for what you need to get some ideas but you really do want to plan ahead and make sure that you're able to get what you need. And especially while you're trying out the diet, meal planning is going to be really helpful. The other thing that you might try is meal prepping components. So, you know, meal prepping in and of itself, I don't like it. Doesn't work for me. I just don't want that many, you know, 
containers in my fridge with the same boring ass meal. <laughs> Some people do it well, but what I really like to do is prepping components. So maybe you prep a big batch of rice. Maybe you prep a big old batch of tofu or something like that ahead of time for different meals. So you can really use appliances to your advantage here. Things like an instant pot, a rice cooker, an air fryer, even just your oven too, you know, getting some of these things prepped ahead of time that you can just throw into multiple meals that you have planned throughout the week. And the last bit there is to just make sure when you are looking at your plant-based meal, really ask yourself where your protein is coming from and make sure that you're aware of that at each meal just because you really want to be getting enough. I mean, it's not to say that you can't get enough, but it is super important to become aware of those sources as a plant-based athlete. Yep. No, that, that totally, that totally makes sense. Well, Caitlin, I think we covered a lot of ground here and I'm really excited because our audience, y'all submitted so many things over on Instagram and we were originally going to try to cover it in this episode, but we, you asked too many questions. It would be genuinely (laughs) bonkers to do that. You would hate it. We, it'd be bad. So we're not doing that. We're going to do plant-based part two and we are going to answer all of your audience questions in there and so many of them were so good we're so excited to answer them and yeah you asked a lot and we have a lot of well I don't have a lot of answers Caitlin I got a lot of answers I got a lot of stuff to share yeah thank god she's here what a disaster (laughs) it'd be if she wasn't so I'm excited sweet Caitlin do you have any any final thoughts anything you want to say to kind of like wrap up this episode before we dive into part two when we do our Q&A yeah, a couple things. I just want to say that with a plant-based diet, I I do think that for a lot of athletes, this is something that they they really align with. It resonates and it feels it good works. to eat. <laughs> it works and it you can certainly be a plant-based athlete and perform well, get all the food that you need and eat the, you know, right balance of nutrients from both your your macros and your micros. But it doesn't work for some people, and I don't want anyone to feel like, you know, they have to eat a plant-based diet to be healthy or a better athlete. You know, as as we talked about, there's really no correlation with that being the case. So, you know, until the research comes out and says straight up, like, you will be a monster with plant-based foods, I'm I'm not going to say that because... I think you, you should be in a way that works for you, which Hell is what yeah. we always say. But yes, individuals. But it's also fun rainbow. when the research <laughs> doesn't, you know, the research somewhat aligns with that philosophy. So that probably is yep. always gratifying as a as the coach and nutritionist, Caitlin. Yeah. So Rare. cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I do appreciate your nuanced and balanced approach to this discussion because I think so many people take it way too far one way or the yeah. other and it can make people feel shameful that one thing isn't working for them and one thing is and all of those things so i think it's really important to have this nuanced discussion of it and give all these great tips that you've gotten given so sweet do you have anything plant-based that you want to tell us about that you're doing over in your biz caitlin uh, sure. 
you, Lauren. Hell well, yeah. <laughs> the day of this recording, I actually dropped a friggin' sweet resource on plant-based fueling, and it covers a lot more detail of what we covered today. It goes into macronutrients. It goes into the foods to consume with some ideas of how to I was going to say beef up your diet. That's not correct. Uh, how to let us, let us help you with your dietary needs. Thumbs <laughs> Josh is giving the thumbs Josh. down, but I'm giving you the double finger gun. <laughs> finger points. Uh, well, so yeah, if, you, if you're looking for ways to improve your already plant-based diet or you're looking for a place to start, this is the resource for you. We'll put the link in the show notes. It is honestly one of my favorite eBooks I've put out so far and I wish I had had it way back in the day as a vegan who could not gain muscle because I was under eating like a champion. (laughs) Yeah, for real. Y'all, if there's anything you don't want to wing, especially like a dietary change, don't wing this. And the other thing is, too, I think something that's very important to point out is that a lot of like nutrition resources are not written with athletes in mind, definitely are not written with yeah climbers specifically in mind and we you know we have our own special needs our own special frame of reference so i think it's so sick that caitlin has a resource that is just for you special people for you so, people just for you people <laughs> Lisa, i want some plant-based advice about my diet wow we gotta stop okay well let's wrap it up there caitlin uh... caitlin you can also find that on your website Yes. yes. Yeah. I'll put the put the notes or the link in the show notes uh, specifically where to get it. All right. Excellent. Show notes. Ahoy then. Very cool. I'm trying to think so if there's anything going on in my in my world. Nothing too special. Grab a custom plan from me for late fall. I think I'll still have a few October, November start spots left by the time this is being released. And I guess quick should we preview them? Something that we're going to be putting together for yeah, later on this fall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, let's tell people about it. I'm so excited. So Caitlin and I have, so we were just in Lander for the Climbers Festival where we contracted the virus that shall not be named. But before we fell ill, we taught a clinic to athletes on basics of climbing training and some important nutrition basics as well. And the clinic was so well received that we are going to turn it into a virtual intensive for rock climbers. It's going to be the average climber intensive. We're still putting together some details about it, but it's going to have so much information and I'm really excited to bring this to you all. Get stoked. Get stoked. So we'll have more information coming out about that, but you'll be able to join the two of us, Goonie Birds, to learn (laughs) a whole lot. You're going to learn a lot. It's going to be really fun. We're going to have a great time and you're going to feel really empowered in your ability to write your own climbing training and dial in your nutrition as well. So that'll be tight. Stay tuned for more details on that. That'll be forthcoming. And I think that's, that's it. That's all she wrote today. Sweet. Yes. Today (laughs) for today. Excellent. Well, you know where to find us. Find me on Instagram at good spray coaching. Find Caitlin on Instagram at dirtbag nutritionist. You've obviously figured out where to find the podcast already um and until it's on your phone right now so great and until next time there we go good stuff all right until next time everyone have great rest of whatever day you're doing right now and keep it
Caitlin here. We hope you enjoyed part one of our plant-based athlete episode and learned how to make this diet more sustainable for you. I'll now close out with some exciting announcements and our production credits. Want to understand how your nutrition, training, and lifestyle play a key role in impacting your hormonal health? Well, I've got something exciting to share. I'm collaborating with Emily Smith, the outdoor nutritionist, to bring you Bloom, an eight-week intimate coaching experience to get you from confused to empowered when it comes to your hormonal health. This program is for active women and genderqueer individuals and includes eight full weeks of group calls and educational content as you navigate a web of impacting factors for your hormonal health. The experience starts August 15th. Tap the link in our show notes to apply. Tired of the DIY approach to training? Well, stop spinning your wheels about what to do and get on a plan instead. Good Spray has a full suite of training plans. Whether you're a sport climber, a boulderer, or you simply want to improve your strength, there's a plan for you. Check out your training plan options by heading to goodsprayclimbing.com store. You can find the link in our show notes as well. And don't forget, you can book a free 15-minute clarity call with me, Caitlin, by tapping the link in our show notes. If you wanted to make changes to your nutrition habits but don't know where to start, let's chat. What do you have to lose? The Average Climber podcast is hosted by me, Caitlin, and my co-host, Lauren. You can find us on Instagram at The Average Climber Podcast for antics between episodes and updates on when new episodes are coming out. You can also find me on Instagram at Dirtbag Nutritionist and Lauren on her Instagram over at Good Spray Coaching. This show is produced by Josh Hafley with our favorite furry production assistant, Stubby the Corgi. The music for this episode was created by Devin Dabney of the American Climbing Project. Make sure to check out his podcast if you haven't already. You'll laugh, you'll learn, you'll introspect. The Average Climber podcast is a part of the Plugtone Audio Collective. Head on over to plugtoneaudio.com or at Plugtone Audio on Instagram to learn more about the other great shows on this network. See you next time. Until then, keep it average.